What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam, Father Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham, it's going going, going pretty well. we got, we got a special guest with us today. We do, yeah. past couple weeks, it's been all about... You know, big time guests. We had intern Jared a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Last week we had what Coach Belichick, Coach Belichick, along with Desmond Ritter. If you missed that, please check out the last episode. It was yeah, it's an old timer. If if you're a user and you're sitting here and you're you missed last week's episode and you're clicking on this one just because this is the most current one and you think you could skip last week's, do yourself a favor. Just forget about this episode. I, I, I have no idea what we're talking about, but but it's not as good as last week's. I can tell you, last week's was an all-timer, um, I, I would say anyways. I agree, Graham. yes. So, yeah, make sure you listen to that. Check out those interviews from Radio Rose. Good time last week. But, yeah, we're back, and um, on the show this week, you might be hearing from my daughter, you know, Big time Falcons fan. Big, she's got three Falcons shirts. Yeah, I mean, she cries every time we mention the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, perfect timing. She doesn't want to hear about it. She doesn't want to hear about it. I, I, I was giving her a big lecture yesterday, like we were getting a, in some quality time before before bath time, and I, I told her, I was like, I know the Falcons like sucked, and it was a really disappointing season. And yeah, like, you're making her cry more. And, and, the, <laughs> and the Hawks suck too. But spring training's just around the corner. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and that's our squad. That's our squad. You know, we've got like we are ranked number one in like all the polls because we're great and we're gonna be great. And it's World Series or bust, and yeah. you got nothing to worry about anymore. They're not gonna be like your loser Falcons with you know Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke at quarterback. That's not happening to our Atlanta Braves. Like Atlanta sports sucks, but it's not as bad as only watching the Falcons. That's true. Well said, Adam. Well said. I think um, let's start with the Braves. Pitching and catchers report. Um, Ronald Acuna reported today as well. Everybody's getting into the swing of things. And uh, AJ Minner and Spencer Strider are having the attitude that I want this team to have as a whole, which, as, as you mentioned, Mentor went on record saying it's World Series or bust. Anything less is a disappointment. We cannot do what we did. Uh, last year the exact quote is as such looking back man we were the best team in baseball and for us to go out like that in the first round we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard we're obviously looking to get back to world series and play for another title it's world series or bust so i love it that's exactly what you need to be thinking that's the mentality i hate this thing of oh just get in the playoffs and we'll see what happens like no the expectation should be winning a championship the team is good enough to do so. Anything less is unacceptable at this point. And you cannot. If, if nothing else, just don't lose to the Phillies in the first round again. I, I cannot stomach that for a third consecutive year. Um, so I'm really, really happy to hear that both Mentor and then Strider echoed those sentiments when he was talking to the press, are, are ravenous, ready to go, and ready to rip the throats out of the Phillies. And we got our secret weapon back this year as well in Tyler Matzik. Matzik is and, you back. Know, like th- those two guys you mentioned, I think are going to be two leaders, at least within the pitching staff, which mm-hmm. is crazy for Strider being so young. But he's clearly he's got some Raheem Morris in him, Bo. He's he's yeah. he's got leadership just dripping off of him right now. So I, I love hearing that as well. And like, yeah, we're certainly at the stage. If this is like six years ago, yeah, getting in the playoffs right. is fine. But we're not there anymore. We're so beyond that. Yeah, um, I want the Phillies again this year. 
Yeah. And I, I think all those players do as well. Yeah. And uh, you start the season with Philadelphia. Um, so you have a chance to set the tone a little bit. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we kicked their ass in the regular season last year. You know, we, we won the division on their field last year, and they came back three weeks later and beat the bejesus out of us. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what you – I mean, it does matter what you do in the regular season. But come playoff time, you have to elevate your mindset to a different level. Because this regular season is this – it can be a very tedious marathon, but the, the, the playoffs is a sprint. It can be a, it's a grueling sprint, but a, but a sprint nevertheless. And you cannot afford to come out looking lackadaisical, not executing offensively, uh, and not making you know the right pitches when you actually need to make them. You got to rise above. And I think coming into spring training with this attitude is exactly what the Braves need to do: set the tone early, have this mentality. I mean, I don't care if they win eighty games in the regular season, ninety games in the regular season. I mean, obviously, if you win eighty, you're not going to the playoffs. But I mean, like, it doesn't matter. Just get in and then kick ass because this team has all the talent in the world to do it. So, um, Ron Acuna also said he wants to be a Brave for life. He hopes that can happen. Did he say he that? He said that today. Tell me more. Um, I, 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 let me explain to the users. Yeah. I told Graham this week that I have completely gotten off all the social medias, mm. which is tough. It's tough for this podcast because that's where I get a lot of my sports knowledge from. So I'm scheduling just daily calls with Graham to just like kind <laughs> of tell, did happen yesterday. tell me what has happened. So like, and this could be a good segment for like the users on the West Coast who get all their news from the San Diego newspaper. Like Hugo. Exactly. Yeah. So like, or excuse me, Mark Andre. What, what have I missed beyond Ronald Acuna saying that? And Please fill me in on that. That was the big thing. He, he's just pretty much talking to reporters. Says, "I want to be a brave for life. I hope we can get that done uh, in the near future." You know, his, his contract doesn't run out for another like five years, so it's like we got plenty of time. But um, you know, if you if we woke up tomorrow and there was like a ten year extension, I'd be okay with it because yeah. Acuna's like what twenty six or something. Yeah. So I, I, you feel like you got to get him at least like three years before that thing expires. Yes. Cause, I don't think you have to do it this year, but yeah, you, know, you do need to. You can't wait to the last year. You can't cheap out on a guy like this either. He, you, you like, like, uh, Anthopolis has done in the past, um, and and you know I would argue at least for Dansby that was the right move. Freddie, we, you know, we offered him a bigger deal than the Dodgers. We know how that all that went down, but I'm saying you cannot, cannot get into a thing where it's the last year of Acuna's deal and he has no extension because then he is going to be gone. So, and and you got to shell out for this guy. There, there's no way around it. He's in his prime. It's not like he's. 34, 33, however old Freddie was when he left, or that was in free agency or whatever it was. Um, you just got to do it, and, and there's, there's no other way around it. He's, he's one of the best players in baseball, and to let him go would be an absolute disaster. I like, I like how you're getting, like, five years from now upset about the idea of Ronald Acuna well, Jr. leaving. Just thinking about what happened with Freddie, and I would hate to see that happen again. Sure. You know, it's franchise cornerstone guys. You just cannot – I know there were a lot of extenuating circumstances around that. It wasn't all the Braves' fault, but at the end of the day, it didn't happen. And you got to look at the decision makers and say, how do we avoid that happening again? So, um, I think AJ going back to AJ Minter, he's fired up because this, this is the last year of his deal. You know, he's been the guy, the consistent guy since about 2018, 2019 in that bullpen. You know, we've we've lost Matzik last year. You know, we've had Luke Jackson, we've had Will Smith, we've had all these different guys that contributed over the years are sometimes have been detriments. Um, but one steady, constant presence has been A.J. Minner. He's been durable. He's been a great pitcher. i like to bring him back if we can, but I think he knows it's a big year, not only for the Braves as a team to make a statement, but for him personally 
so he sets himself up well in uh, in free agency. Well, you know, he's another one of those guys that he would take less money to stay here with Maybe. Like, with the way the Braves supported him, like during all of his struggles that right. he's gone through. Right. And um, I, he certainly seems what like one to just like make a fair offer. Yeah, and I'll I'll be back. Right, but uh, he's he's got some help. He's not the only lefty in the bullpen mm-hmm. this year like he was last year. It was like him, and then we brought Brad Hand in. Right, like at the trade deadline. Now there's like. Uh, three or four fireballers down there now along with a well and adding Matzik back as well so this bullpen's deep man yeah and i like what Anthopoulos has done he saw you know he's taking a page from the phillies notebook from what dombrowski did which is their general manager is like get a bunch of guys who are going to throw the ball 100 miles an hour and just blow you away in the latter innings we had a good bullpen last year but as a, as a pitch contact kind of bullpen there wasn't a lot of flamethrowers so now you know your jesse chavez's of the world and, and people like that and colin McHugh aren't here anymore um you know now it's time for to to see what we have in these these new acquisitions that are coming in um like ronaldo lopez and guys like that and seeing if you know they love it to the billion and can throw the ball hard in the the later innings which is when you need to have shut down guys that miss bats and and get you out of the inning fast some bullpen related offseason news that i don't think we've discussed yet uh, one of the non-roster invitees to the bullpen mm-hmm. is your boy, Charlie Culberson. Charlie Culberson is going to be a pitcher. Yeah, he's coming to spring training as a pitcher. I think that's that's cool. And we saw him pitch a few times when he was with the Braves prior. So tough year to try to break into the Braves bullpen. Yes. But I think he just wants to play. He wants to be in Atlanta. His family's here. So yeah, see what he can do and throw him in Gwinnett for a while. Yeah, why not? You never know. Can't have too much depth. No, we signed. What was the name of the the, the guy we signed? Rick uh, and Keel. No, no, oh. no, no. Sorry, I, I'm moving on to other non roster <laughs> okay. invitees. Uh, the, the kid who pitched for like the Astros and the Phillies for years that we signed as a non roster invitee. Don't remember. You mentioned him yesterday I on the did. phone. Yeah. Oh, Giles. Ken Giles. Giles. Ken yeah. Giles. Yeah. Who was like the Astros closer maybe like five years ago. Right. Real stud, but it just like hasn't played in like two to three years yeah so reclamation project but you know this was a guy that used to throw 99 just completely shut down one of the best relievers in the majors for a couple of years time so yeah like i said rough year to make the braves bullpen but hey guys like that it's worth taking a flyer on why not i mean remember i know i had a complicated relationship with luke jackson but you know no one expected him to do anything and then there there were years where he was very good so and came out of nowhere kind of so, now, yeah. now our boy is in San Francisco, San Francisco, and along with former boy Jorge Soler signed with the Giants. I saw that. I was a little, I was kind of miffed by that. It was like three years, forty-two million. It's pretty. It's not expensive at all. It's under twenty million a year. Right. Yeah. No, we could have we could have afforded could have that. that. Yeah. But you just hope Kalenic turns out to be a, a better deal. Like yeah, than that better. He's defense, a better defender. defense is going to be a lot better. Yeah. He's a better defender for sure. Like defensively, our outfield is sick right now. Yeah, with Harris Acuna and Kellenic's, you know, metrics say he's he's an above average defender. So yeah, it's it's a and that was a problem. You know, Eddie Rosario last year had gaffs in the outfield, like he usually does. I can't remember who else played in left field last year. Uh, it was frustrating. It was just like a platoon. Pilar. Thing. Pilar. Pilar signed with the. White Sox. The White Sox have a, a few ex-Braves, mm-hmm. uh, including 
Braves legend Jesse Chavez. Yeah, Chavez so is over there. So look too. out for a midseason trade with, with the White, the White Sox. Sox to bring Pilar and Chavez back if we get some injuries. Yeah, when the injuries happen, then those are the two guys Anthopha's going to look for. Yeah. Uh, for the positions that are injured are outfield and pitcher and reliever. Um, that's really it for the Braves. They haven't started playing or anything. Everybody's just getting acclimated down in Northport, Florida. But as the uh, the weeks go on, uh, you know, the reason that you listen, a lot of people listen to the show, we know is baseball. So we're excited to get back Do into we know it that? as well. Yeah, our, our numbers are a lot better in the in the spring, in the, particularly like June, July. People are like, much more people listen to the podcast. At least that's what the advanced analytics people tell me. all over Atlanta just waking up being like, Whoa, oh, it's Atlanta's own listen time. to Atlanta's <laughs> own, baby. <laughs> Hope they have Inter Jared on today. Although Inter Jared, I, I don't. He doesn't know anything about We baseball. love you, but yeah, yeah. Your, your baseball ball talk is it's not going to yeah. yeah. you know, satisfy. I mean, this is a guy who thought Chipper Jones was African American. So. <laughs> Until like a year ago, yeah, yeah he's like, "Oh, I thought, I thought a, a guy named Chipper, he's got to be black." And I was like, "No, <laughs> yeah, yeah." So we'll, we'll stick. You thought Hank Aaron was white? I mean, it's incredible. We'll keep intern Jared behind the board until we start talking about Patriots. Right, right. Uh, thinking of, that's pretty much it for the Braves. Just touch on a couple of Falcons topics, Adam. You might have missed this since you're off social media, but. Uh, Arthur Blank met with the press for a minute, talked about hiring Raheem and all this, and he came out and said that the reason uh, there wasn't uh, with Bill Belichick basically that he didn't want total control, and he just thought Raheem was a better fit. I don't know if that's true, just because they say it doesn't make it true. Might be trying to save face a little for Bill. I don't know to help him in the in the future. I, I, why would you do that? Maybe I don't know. Bill's just a terrible interview, and he's like, just no. He there. said it was a great interview. He said he was blown away by him. He was fantastic. Blah yeah. blah blah. And I was like, well, if that's the case. He was willing to collaborate. Why don't we get the six time Super Bowl champion in here and let Terry Fontenot do his thing as the general manager? Uh, it's and like I guess you could talk about the long term viability and all that stuff. But to me, if it was just like, all right, we're gonna it's gonna be a collaboration, and Fontenot's you know going to be in charge of drafting overall and then Belichick's going to be involved in coaching I don't know why you don't make the move for Belichick if that was the truth um, to me even though it would be a short-term move it's still like I don't know I was reading an article on The Athletic which is my one source of knowledge you realize there are other, like there's alcoholic and, and things like that so I'd have to get those apps right no you can just go on the, the I, I go on the browser and just on the phone and oh, on, the com- on the on the phone yeah you, I mean, you can also go on the computer okay yeah those exist too adam <laughs> we'll, we'll see how i want to handle things going forward but this article was about this new patriots documentary here we are again talking about the patriots this like, is the last it, time it's, it's kind of gotten us through this lull uh yeah, sports that we got going on though yeah so it's a new Patriots documentary on Apple Plus that's coming out, and a lot of it's centered around the end of the Brady Belichick era. I'm surprised Jared hasn't talked about this. Maybe uh, he doesn't know. It, it might be new. I yeah. guess he doesn't subscribe to the Athletic. Yeah, but they're the only people I can report on sports. It, <laughs> a lot of it talks about it's like you know Robert Kraft's on this thing. Yeah. a bunch of ex players, Gronkowski, Edelman. Welker, they're all talking about just how miserable it was to play for Belichick and how like horribly depressed and just like uh, it was like a kid trying to please his father that Tom Brady was, where all he wanted was like one little like pat on the head at a boy, and like he couldn't get that from Belichick. He won six Super Bowls, so he did win six Super Bowls, but it was Whatever really works. bad at the end. So yeah. maybe 
it'd be tough to attract free agents if like everyone says they're going to be miserable right. playing for the guy. And I remember Belichick told Kraft uh, that Brady was licked, and then Brady goes to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean. Maybe it also came down to that. Maybe, maybe senile. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know about senile, but maybe it's just instincts aren't as good. I guess it could also come down to being senile. Um, or he wanted to bring back Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator or something. Yeah, maybe there was something that we don't know about. I'm sure there obviously there's something we don't know about. But just on face value, I was like, this is weird if that was the case. But maybe you're right. Maybe there was, you know, not being able to connect to the modern player anymore coaching personnel things, whatever. I don't know. It's over in the past, but it was just interesting that Blank, he didn't bring it up, he was asked about it, but it was just, it was interesting to me. I, I did find it, once again, refreshing with this um, Raheem era. I saw that all the coordinators had, like, their own press conference, yeah. including uh, special teams coordinator Marquand Manuel. I don't remember. Marquand Manuel is not the special oh, teams sorry. coordinator anymore. Uh, Talking about Marquise Williams. I read an article about Marquand Manuel being a good um, He's a defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I just read an article about him being a good replacement uh, for the. Uh, someone just fired their defensive coordinator. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He's a good defensive coordinator. That, that's for why us. that name was in my head, though. Yeah. Marquise Williams. Yeah, I apologize. Um, like he's doing a press conference, and I sure as hell do not remember something like that. Like with. Arthur Smith mm. or Dan Quinn. Maybe it's just I didn't pay attention to it, but like I watched like, you know, 10 minutes of Marquise talking and like he just sounded very much like Raheem, just in terms of like the way he was dealing with the press. And he's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's just like very, you know. It's definitely a different op- energy. Yeah. Different way of going about things from the Raheem era so far. Um, but to go off those piggyback off that i mean the, inter- the most interesting thing that came out to me um hearing the coaches talk the coordinators talk was that the base defense that jimmy lake wants to run is a three four for the falcons that's adaptable it can go four three it can obviously go into nickel dime quarter or whatever but it's interesting to me that, that he wants to add the base as three four when you don't really have the personnel in my opinion to successfully facilitate a three four defense to me, a 3-4 requires on a big, beefy guy in the middle as your defensive tackle, which is good as great Jared is. He's not that. Uh, so it's like, what do you do? You put Anya, Matt, Anya Meta, who maybe is a little beefier than Grady in the middle, and then Grady on the edge, and then Ebiketti on the other edge? That's your that's your 3-4? I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, obviously, I hope we get <laughs> hopefully we get you know a really good defensive end in the draft or free agency or in trade so we can really you know beef that up. But I, I don't like the idea of, of coming out and saying we're going to do a base 3-4 defense with this personnel doesn't make sense to me we'll have to see what what the roster looks like but yeah i mean our linebacking core isn't that deep as well no, so i went less linebackers out there right so i, I don't <laughs> know if some of the epiketti would be a linebacker in this scenario Maybe. and then zach harrison's your your pass rusher i mean surely we get someone graham i hope to christ um yeah and then the other big thing coming out was I don't know if that's a big thing. We might have already discussed that about how uh, the offensive scheme will be a lot of three wide receivers, one tight end. Right. So a that lot, might we, a lot of motion. Yeah, we might not need old Michael Pruitt. No, as our third no, tight end I don't, I don't, anymore. I don't think we will. And it also opens up something that we talked about last week that you mentioned is that we do need receiving help. And I hope to God it's not in the first round, but we do <laughs> need receiving help. It's a very thin receiving core. You're probably not going to bring the only guy I could potentially see coming back as like Scotty Miller. Everyone else, nah. Obviously Drake London, but I mean like other than Drake, 
the only guy in the, the pure like wide receiving core I see coming back is, is potentially Scotty Miller. So it's like, how do you fill that out? The Falcons do have a decent amount of cap space, though, so they can be active in free agency and whatnot and uh, in trades. So we'll just see how, how that shakes out. But it was encouraging to hear Zach Robinson talk about, yes, it's going to be the, the things we, you know, we ran in L.A. under Sean McVay. Um, so we're going to get that Shanahan offense, which is exactly what we want. And we just hope we can get the, the quarterback right uh, that can facilitate that offense. So It's officially the offseason, Graham. It's officially the offseason. The Super Bowl Foot, is over. Super Bowl's over. I'd like to point out how when you were texting about having a Super Bowl party, mm. you said, come watch the Super Bowl <laughs> that no one cares about. And it turns out to be the most watched television event ever. Ever. Yeah, I know. I was being sarcastic. There was a lot of smarminess in that message oh, to the Discord group. I didn't catch up on it. It, yeah. it read more as duh, duh, duh. no, no. I know everything. I, I, no, I don't know shit. I was just being. Uh, I was just being silly. You heard it here first, folks. Graham doesn't know shit. I don't know shit. Argu- uh, every future argument of mine is one. And I was mad. You know, I also mentioned the message that Pacheco was going to lose me money, and he did. That bastard. So one eight hundred gambler. One eight hundred gambler. Um, but yeah, I love seeing Shanahan lose. Just tie that back into Atlanta sports. I love seeing him lose. Blew another double-digit lead. They're up 13-3, to and he blows it again. And then he fires his defensive coordinator when the defensive coordinator holds Patrick Mahomes and company to 19 points or whatever it was in the in regulation. Scapegoating. He's, he's a total wimp and a loser, and I love it. He's still a great offensive mind, but he cannot close when he absolutely has to. There was a lot of weird shit that happened special teams-wise. So they fired their defensive coordinator. Yes. That's who Marquand Manuel is a candidate for. Oh, I could, yeah, I could. I, I could mean, it's like a, a top 10 list, so you, yeah, you know how right. those things go. Yeah. So was Bill Belichick and, Steve, and uh, Pete Carroll. Bill Belichick ain't going to be no defensive coordinator for Shanahan. <laughs> I'd love to see it from afar. It'd be hilarious. That would be interesting. Bill and Big Red. Just on the sidelines in a red hoodie. Big red. Just yeah, red colors. Who's big red though? Oh Belich Bel- you talking Belichick and Big Red? Yeah. I would oh, okay. I would call Bill Bill oh, okay. Big Red. I thought you were talking saying Kyle Shanahan's big red. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No. I was like, no, <laughs> Shanahan's little little wussy red. Um But you, you just love to see it. I wish nothing but contempt and bad things to happen to Kyle as a football coach. I was listening to a local just a talk show, not sports talk. Mm. And it, it was funny to hear like non-sports people describe the Super Bowl to like really non-Atlanta sports people. And the host was just like, yeah, kind of excited that Shanahan lost because he was the coach of the Falcons when we went to the Super Bowl. If you don't remember that Super Bowl, the Falcons were up 113 to zero <laughs> and just needed to run the ball in order to win the game. And Shanahan did not run the ball, and we ended up losing 114 to 113. That's how it felt. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking about that Super Bowl way too much. That's like rule number one is we don't every discuss. Week we, every week it's coming. We, we talk about the Patriots and the damn Super Bowl. Coach Intern Belich- Jared, you're Coach, really. Yeah, I mean, Coach Belichick brought it up last week. God, he's really rubbing yeah. off on us. Not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, let's get away from that. Let's get away from that. So that's, that's pretty much what's going on the Falcons. Um, oh, I will say, last thing. Terry Fontenot is on Steve Weish's podcast. Steve Weish used to write for the AJC, Atlanta Journal Constitution, for those that don't know about the local paper here. And uh, he works for NFL Network now. And basically, he was asking him about, like, you know, what are you doing at quarterback, pretty much. And, you know, Terry didn't go into a ton of detail. But he did say something that was a little, that was illuminating to me. 
in the sense of evaluating players at all stages of their career. And that he basically said, like, you can't just judge a player based on how you felt about them three or four years ago. You got to look at what they're doing now, how they've evolved or devolved as a player, which says to me that maybe, just maybe, he's thinking about Justin Fields. Mm. He didn't come out and say it, but I was just trying to read between the lines, and the subtext to me was, was Fields is definitely on the radar. He's just like the most gettable guy. Yeah, because you know Chicago wants to get Caleb, draft Caleb Williams. Uh, Jimmy Warren, the uh, he's I think he's the general manager of the Bears. It's a high position in the Bears uh, front office. Said you know it's like Justin's great. We have a lot of faith in him. All this stuff. It's like he progressed so much this year. And to me, that was also subtext where I'm going to drive this price up and just say nothing but good things about Justin. I'm not going to sit here and say oh you know we'll see what happens. We'll keep things open. It's like. It's a smart move. It's going to make people want him even more, I think. So your first week of offseason, and yeah. you're you're really deep into playing the speculation yeah. and subtext game. Because well, the Hawks suck. <laughs> and I, I'm, we're wa- I'm watching more Hawks games over the last about month or so, and it's just it's, I was excited. it's terrible. I was somewhat excited about them for like four days, yeah. and now I'm so over them again. So over them. Yeah. I'd rather talk about the Patriots, but let's troll trudged. What, right. what do you got? But before you we got go to the Hawks, what do, you, oh. what do you think about what Terry said? I think that's a stretch to think that he's talking about Justin Fields. He could be talking about Desmond Ritter, for all you know. I hope to Christ he's not. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know I, either. But that's just how it read to me. It was a little more detail of an answer than I thought it was going to be. He, like he spent a solid like minute going over how players evolve and stuff. And the weird thing about Fields is that yeah, he, he looked a lot better last year, but still, he only played in like eight or nine games. It's not like he's had a full season of success. Not that he has had a lot around him either. So it's 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 interesting. Well, I think that sh- that Chicago offense has been like just very dysfunctional. Yeah, um, has, doesn't really have a great running uh, running back core. It's got DJ Moore and Cole Komet are good, you know, really good receivers and tight end respectively. But other than that, they don't really have anybody. But they, they didn't build the offense around Justin Fields either. No. So, hell, Justin Fields could be the best damn quarterback in the league in the right system. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Let's do it. You want to do it? Trade the second round pick, draft a wide receiver at number eight. No. <laughs> Do it and draft a defensive end. And let's roll. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. You're good? Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I kind of want – that's the route I want to go. Unless you can get Jaden Daniel. If you can't get Jaden Daniel, go get Justin Fields. Liana's starting to stir around. She's getting excited about Justin Fields. Yeah. Like I think it's a sign. He is the future. I saw her foot move a little bit yeah. when you mentioned him. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that's Falcons. Uh, Hawks, Adam. Very disappointing way to close out the season. Lose 122-99. to 99. To a terrible Charlotte Hornets team that traded away like Terry Rogier, Gordon Hayward, <laughs> Lamella Ball's not playing, and you just get destroyed by them. And, and I know we didn't have Capella or Okongwu in that game, but it was just no one gave a fuck. I think it's the first time I've said that on the show, this show at least, this episode about playing. I was gonna say, sir, not of all time. But I'll say it again: no one gave a fuck about that game in a Hawks uniform. Yeah, and and Quinn said as much as like I think maybe we were mentally checked out. And I was like, that's bad. Which for a team that's like eight games below 500, you can't do that. The Boston Celtics, yeah, maybe you can check out. You can check out as your best team in basketball. Yeah. Uh, Us, no, we don't have that right at all. Every Uh, game is so important. You're 24 and 31 in 10th place now. 10th place is just brutal. Like, can we just get out of the playoffs at this point, Graham? Well, that's the problem is that they're not bad enough to slip away, I don't think. 
because below you you got you got uh, who is it Brooklyn who are terrible the Raptors who are terrible and trade away a lot of good pieces the Hornets who are also terrible and they've only won 13 games and then you got the nine win Washington Wizards and the eight win Detroit Pistons who aren't going to do anything this year so everyone who's below you the closest the closest team is Brooklyn two and a half games back I don't think that's going to um, they suck. I mean, they suck more than we do. We're just the most mediocre, purgatory-ridden franchise in the NBA right now. I was driving around listening to Dukes and Bell on 92.9 The Game talk about this Hawks team. I think they always, they only talk about them from 2.30 to 3, which is the time I'm going to daycare to pick mm-hmm. up Liana, so I get a lot more Hawks talk in, in my life than I'd like to. And they, they pretty much sound like us. Like They're just like, this team sucks. Yeah. They've got no heart. Yeah. Uh, where did it all go wrong? And I was trying to get my phone out to call because I, I think where things really went downhill, A, we don't have the schlank anymore. Used to trust in the schlank. I believed in the schlank, all of his moves. A lot he was of these a players smart dude. Are, are, are schlank players, though. But we've lost all those key rotation pieces. Like Gallinari. Your Gallinari's, yeah. your Kevin Herters, yeah. your John Collins. Yes. And you can't just like lose all that talent and replace it. Like When we freaking traded Herter... For like the second round pick and for like peanuts. I think it was a holiday. Yeah, I remember. I was like, oh, yeah, this gives us like, like some, some defense. Yeah, and he was just a complete bum. Yeah, no, this it, front office is terrible. It's like, and that was a salary, like trying to avoid the luxury tax move, trading harder. Right, which is just a joke. You've got a young, controllable guy, fringe starter. Good three point solid shooter. defense, great like offense off the bench. We yeah. had Lou Williams back then as well for yeah. offense off the bench. Right. And now it's just like you gotta hope Trey doesn't have an off shooting night. You yeah. gotta hope DeJounte doesn't have an off shooting night. And one of those two generally has an off shooting night. Yeah, but and the thing that's frustrating is that you started to see the effort over the last about two weeks. Like the effort went up. They were winning more games. They beat good teams like Phoenix. Um, you know, they competed really hard with with the Clippers. You know, I lost by five points, and I would consider them to probably be the best team in the league right now. Uh, and then you just come out this week in a game that you need against Chicago, who's only like, at the time, was only one game ahead of you, and you just looked terrible and get beaten by about 12 points at home. And then after being up by like 17, right? I, I turned on that game as like Chicago's in the middle of like a 17 4 yeah. run to close out the half. Yeah, and you just go ice cold. And Chicago's not a bad defensive team, but just to go ice cold like that was infuriating. And then you come out the next game and just get destroyed by the, at the time, 12-win Charlotte Hornets who traded away pretty much all their good pieces. Or were missing, and they were missing LaMelo Ball to injury, I think. So it's like... I just don't see a way... Unreal. I don't see a way out or a future for this team. Like, I think the only thing you can do... Is blow it up. Is blow it up. Trade yeah. trade this offseason. Hope you can get at least like... Yo, you two want to, to trade Trey. Two to, yeah, two yeah. to three first-round picks back for him. You got to get four. Hope something hits and go from there. But beyond that, like... Might as well just you know let the Hawks move to a different city and oh my god turn State Farm back into a hockey <laughs> rink for this new team that's coming to town, or at least ship the Hawks up to the suburbs of that new arena, put hockey in downtown Atlanta. Yeah, that'll, that's that'll, the only way out I can see, Graham. I don't know. It's it's demoralizing. Yeah. I don't like. I think we've lost our chance of any sort of greatness in this Trey Young era. Yeah. Uh, by just mismanagement and being cheap. I sound like you talking about the Braves, no, who are a top right. five payroll. But like we've been trying to avoid the luxury tax, 
and and multiple moves, and it's just a joke. Like, yeah, no, I totally agree. To make yeah. zero moves this off uh, this trade deadline, this trade deadline is it, wait, it, so the worst thing you can I do. I can make zero new. Like you and yeah. I could have just been sitting on our in, in the front office eating donuts and drinking yeah. coffee the, and done the same thing Landry Fields did. Yeah, and I'm not saying like you had to move to Jonte now. You need to move to Jonte at some point. If, the, if you're not going to get what you want for him, fine, hold off. But there's no reason why you couldn't move Clint Capella. There's no reason why you couldn't move at least Capella. Even though I know he's hurt, hey, newsflash, when we traded for him, he was hurt. He missed the first, like, three weeks, you know, after we traded for him. He's still a decent enough player to get something for him. Like, got to start moving pieces. Doing nothing sends a message that they're as checked out as we are almost as fans right now. And I, I know that's not the case, but that's how it feels. It's just like, ah, fuck it. The season's over. Let's worry about it this summer. And it's like, no, you could probably do something now with some pieces. Yeah. No, they they, they just punted everything. Uh, Landry Fields has done nothing to impress me. Kyle Corver, I don't know what you're doing, Bo. Yeah, but um, no, stu- they're literally the worst defensive team in the league. Yeah, they're tied for worst in terms of points per game allowed at 123.9 with Washington. And Washington is just awful. Yeah, they're like the worst. But at least they, they know what the they're doing. Yeah, they're at least tanking to get good traffic. So what are we doing? We're, we're staying in this playing bullshit for the third straight season. And we're not going to get a good draft pick, and we're just going to be what we are until they make a radical move to actually blow this team up. And I was saying that last year. I was saying that we need to do this last year. We're a year behind on doing this, and the worst move of all, the Carter move sucked, the Collins move sucked, but the worst move of all was trading three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray. That's a move you make to put yourself over the top. That has just put us exactly where we're... It's basically... It looked like we're moving, but we're standing still. Well, and I think the Herder trade was after that trade, right? Wasn't that like an attempt to like recoup some of those first round picks? Am I misremembering I the think timeline? So. so it's just like ever. Yeah, I mean, maybe it started with the Dejounte Murray trade, where because you're mortgaging they, your future. That was three first round picks. We don't have a first round pick to like 2027 they, or something. They kind of right overreacted based off like what happened in the playoffs, saying we need a number two for Trey instead of things worked great when you had depth and. Guys that could finish at the rim. Now you got Click Capella, who's like a couple of years older, doesn't know how to dunk the ball. Yeah, terrible finisher. And and John Collins is gone. Like who yeah. was the big pick and roll finisher yeah. for Jaylen him? Jalen Johnson's your best finisher now. Yeah. So just let let Trey go link up with LeBron in L.A. Oh God, it'd be disgusting. Uh, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Baseball's here. Yeah, and I and I hate to say this about Trey. Uh, and I like I love Trey, but it's also like, can you imagine Trey being a real consistent playoff finisher? If we were to get like actually have a field a good team around him, like where he's going to put the team on his back like LeBron does, like I, MJ did. I can't imagine that. You can't yeah. imagine. That. Yeah, because we've seen it. Well, we've seen it a little bit. If he doesn't year, get hurt, we win that series. We might have won that series. We might have won the whole damn thing. Yeah, it was such a weird thing. But I don't know if he just doesn't have like the body the physicality to finish and and like lebron does or lebron's the runaway freight train or like luca it goes back also to just like drafting trey like i really like trey a lot as a player but he doesn't have the physicality to finish when he absolutely has to i think in the most critical of moments and maybe i'm talking on my ass but i just feel like if you are Giannis, for example it's like we can give him the ball and be like this guy is going to drive to the hole and dunk it over everybody and you're not going to stop i mean trey's got no problem getting a shot off no but he he can't get to he he, you know he can be stopped a lot easier than Giannis can be stopped at the hole or luca 
You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have that uh, elite finishing ability to me. He's got the great floater. He can still drive to the hole, but he can, you know, he can't out-physical somebody. I feel like no, you've got to have a physical that's superstar. Not, that's not his game. Yeah, but I feel like that to win in this league, you got to have it. When it comes down to crunch time, we saw what LeBron did against us um, during the 2014-15 run. Sure, sure. Where, where <laughs> Let's just, go back 10 years. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, like, he get he would get the ball at the top of the key, and we had, like, two guys on him. It didn't matter. He would just drive the hole and dunk on us, like, for the last, like, five minutes of the game. It was just total ISO basketball, and he dominated. We And I feel like that's what you got to do. You gotta have someone who can do that, and there's, there's a rare breed of player that can do that. And it's nothing as Trey because it's just not his game. But it's like I I want that physical mf'er, you know, I want that physical guy that come in here and be like a person that can do it all, that can rebound, that can pass, that can shoot. And those guys don't grow on trees. Might be Jalen Johnson. Maybe I don't know. I don't think he's gonna evolve into that level of a player. But it just goes back to like I'm fine with moving on from Trey. I'm fine with moving on from just about everybody on this team. It's it's a, a mitigated disaster. The Hawks are. You know, it'd be one thing if they sucked like Detroit or Washington, and it's like okay, we're gonna get good draft pick next year. But that's not the case. You're in the worst possible position you can be in right now. They're they're just not fun either. It's like, you know, at least like the Joe Johnson, Josh Smith era. Jeff Teague, that was a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Even like struggles through it a little bit. Jalen Johnson's fun to watch, I think. Yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying. But, it's like, but that team was like at least it would be more consistent. Yeah, and like this team is just like looks great one night and then shit the next. And yeah, they that's just, a frustrating. Thing. They just disapp- That just means they're disappointing. You. They're getting your hopes up. Yeah, disappointing. It's, hopes up. Yeah, disappointed. We've seen them play with really good teams we've seen them beat really good teams like they beat the bejesus out of the timberwolves early this season they won by like 20 points at home so my my suggestion to you hawks fans out there is take a break don't get your hopes up and just invest more time in the braves this year if you're going to spend money in atlanta go to a braves game go to the battery that's where a well-run organization is put your money there like the Hawks need to like earn our trust again. Yeah, and that's I mean, at both these franchises, the Hawks and the Falcons should be looking at what Alex Anthopoulos is doing. It's a totally different sport, but it's it's incredible seeing how, especially the Hawks are run so poorly, whereas you know the uh, Braves are world class in terms of how they operate. Exactly, Graham. Exactly. I think we wrap this thing up. Yeah, it's boys' night. It's boys' night. Everyone's happy to know. Yeah. So we're going. We got to get to it. Yeah, we're going a night out in the town with the boys. So uh, should be fun. Hopefully, we'll be back next week, and no one has an unfortunate <laughs> accident. But uh, we'll, we'll thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, rise up for the A, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.